0: Hello listeners, welcome back to What You Missed On. I'm one of your hosts, Kim Weir, and it's Tuesday. Today on episode three, you'll be joining me and Kate LaChapelle as we discuss the pilot episode of Netflix's highly anticipated adaptation of the young adult novel, Shadow and Bone. The first of a trilogy, this fantasy epic is sure to have lots of surprises, but using our unparalleled powers of deduction and keen touch for story analysis, we're sure to suss them all out, right? only one way to find out. Let's jump in.
1: So we're going to start, as always, with what we know going into watching Shadow and Bone. So Kim, what do you know going in? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I have read, um, you know, the, many of um, the books in this overall world and series. Um, so I know quite a bit. So um, this will be interesting, uh, basing purely off of what is offered in the pilot um yeah it'll it'll be interesting (laughs) (laughs) that's fair i
1: i have not read these specific books i have read six of crows which is the first book in a duology that i think is now becoming a trilogy um that's also set in this I've always heard it as Grishaverse, but in the show they say Grishaverse, and I think that's partially just British accents. Yeah. Um, so I have a little bit of familiarity with this world, and there are a few characters that are introduced in this episode that are also in Six of Crows. Yeah. Um, and I know that it's fantasy, and I know. Well, <laughs> I wrote down there may be a few ca- crossover characters, which there were. Um, yes but I, I, I had it in my head that there were at least like a couple mm-hmm. crossover characters. I didn't know which ones. Yeah. And now I do <laughs> at least a few of them. <laughs> um, so we can kind of do like a quick recap, starting with the Ravka side of the story, because there are two kind of main storylines happening in this episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so in East Ravka, right? Yes uh we meet Alina who's a cartographer going mm-hmm. to like the front lines of a war to this thing called the fold which is this like giant wall of darkness it yes. appears
0: a shadow, a shadow yes. land and, of
1: shadow and yeah and there's creatures <laughs> <laughs> yes which we, we find out about later um and there's a guy that shows up, Mal, who is like her childhood friend. And there's a little bit of history with them where they seem to have grown up in like the same orphanage. And she has kind of stood up for him in the past.
0: They have a. Um, I would say that the pilot really does set up this sort of quasi. They're not quite romantic but like it's the, the groundwork is definitely there like you definitely get the sense that they're very protective of each other and um there's some potential there for for jealousies there's uh Mao gets uh, hit on by a grisha and um he uh he definitely turns her down but it you know you know there's a little bit of romantic tension there i would say
1: yeah they're 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 definitely setting something up there that they both kind of have potential feelings they are are the very least very protective of each other uh which we kind of see because like they they get thrown back together and they seem excited by the fact that his like guard duties or whatever he is in this army thing um Uh, tracker tracker yes he's a tracker um that he is getting put with her cartographer group and they're going to be moving South together. Mm-hmm. And they're very happy about that. But then the general comes in and is like, actually we have a mission going into the fold and Mal's coming with us and tries to get out of it, but is not successful. There's kind of like a, a subplot going on with Alina that she is half shoe. Mm-hmm. Um with fantasy worlds there are so many so many details to to learn in that first episode um which, which is, is... a
0: deviation from the books oh she's That's uh cool. she's at least the way that i always read it like uh, she was a white character in the books oh. and um i did read an article before the show came out where the because uh, i believe the, show, the uh the author Uh, was also one of the writers, uh, one of the script writers. And um, I think she did it in partnership with someone. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, uh, part of the reasoning for that was that, uh, um, you know, she recognized that when she started writing the series, you know, she was young. She was young. She was (laughs) not as comfortable. um, And she kind of wrote what she knew, which was a very white world in a very white aesthetic, but she really wanted the series to reflect the world as it was, which is full of all kinds of people. And she felt like it made sense for Alina to be part shoe being from a border country and or border, you know, community. And um, yeah, I was surprised at how much they integrated that into her story and I, I, I kind of liked it.
1: Yeah, it was, it was interesting. It's like, well, since I hadn't read the book, um, they definitely set it up to be this world that's very separated between the different lands and, and populations. And there's a lot of prejudice against the Shoe. Um, so there's even a moment when they're getting food in the tent and the cook refuses to serve her food because he's like, you're the enemy. So get to the back of the line and she leaves. And that's kind of what prompts Mal to go in search of food and meeting the the Grisha girl that uh, propositions him Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then has kind of a, I don't know if it's jealousy, but it's definitely hesitant between him and Alina when he tells her about it. He seems to play it off kind of nonchalantly, but she does not seem to receive it nonchalantly no although she also tries to play it off nonchalantly
0: (laughs) right there's that ha ha we're just friends and we can totally talk about you hooking up with someone yeah we can do that we can totally do that
1: (laughs) um so then because mal can't get out of going into the fold she actually breaks into the general's tent and burns some very important maps and the general. She, she definitely planned to just be the one cartographer that ends up going on this mission. But then the general's like, no, your whole unit is coming because we need to redraw these maps because I don't trust anyone on the other side. I don't trust any intel but our own. Mm-hmm. And so then they, they leave in the morning on their ship that is going through sand. It's very like almost the fantasy version of Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it really is to a degree and it's being powered by these these grisha and they go in and they of course get attacked by the monsters and then something happens where mal gets hurt and alina's trying to help him and she is kind of getting taken by these creatures that are attacking them and she kind of explodes with much light Um, and that's sort of the last we see of her in this episode. Uh, Cause there's this other character that was on their mission that shows up in the other storyline in Ketterdam.
0: Yeah, okay. So meanwhile in Ketterdam, um, <laughs> which is loosely based off of um, Amsterdam um, and sort of that whole like red light district, you know, underworld kind of belly, um, we have a group of uh, Nordwells is, is what we want to call them. <laughs> thieves. Um, <laughs> thieves. Criminals. Uh, <laughs> Scrupulous young hooligans, you um, Headed by Cass, who, Cass Brecker who owns the Crowth Club and is of indiscriminate age which was a little bit surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, considering that in Six of Crows, he's definitely like a teen.
1: I'm pretty sure in Six of Crows, he's like 19. Yeah. And he seems yeah. like he's already in his 20s in
0: this. Yeah, no, he seems well into his 20s, maybe even early 30s because this man, I mean, this man has a face on him, which is, you know, like never here nor there. But indiscriminate age was seemed to be the... Um, the gist of what they were going for, for all of the characters, really, like they were all just a little bit older than I was expecting them to be. So that's a whole other conversation. But then there's also Inej, who is a, well, in you know, like in the show, she's still currently a contracted um, um, individual. She's like an indentured servant. Um, And she's really good with knives and she's kind of an assassin, but she can't kill people because of her faith, which kind of makes the whole assassin thing a little bit of a problem. And then there's- (laughs) And she's (laughs) very
1: quiet. She can sneak up on anyone probably except for (laughs) Kaz.
0: Yes. And then there's um, Jesper, who is a crack shot with a gambling problem. Also very good looking, uh, very charming, very fun character. And then, um, so the three of them, are trying to um, vie for this deal. There's this wealthy merchant who has this task that he's willing to pay, what amounts to like a million dollars. Krugels, Krugels? I don't know how how much a Krugel, yeah, I don't know how much their currency is worth. So we're just gonna say it's it's worth a great deal of money, a million monies, (laughs) um, which could change all their lives and, um, you know, for Inej, you know, buy her freedom, because Cass has been like paying off her her debt. And then, I mean, it's just a lot of money. So they don't really know what this, this job is, um, but they know that it involves trying to get through the fold, which is a basic, basically a suicide mission. Uh, well, yeah, so they running,
1: don't know They don't know what it involves, but they know that they're supposed to be retrieving something.
0: Yeah, they're supposed to be retrieving something and they have to go through the fold to do it. And so they're running around trying to find anyone with any information on how this might be possible, how this might be done, while also um, essentially getting into a bit of a bidding war with the, this rival gang, Pekka's gang. And how to describe Pekka? He is um, absolutely bonkers. I just think crazy gangster, crazy Irish gangster, and um, you're probably somewhere close. Like he... He's bad news bears, and he and Kaz have um, a bit of a background. We don't know what that is yet. We just know that something happened to some somewhere in the past that maybe Peppa would have recognized Kaz, but he didn't when he confronted him um, about uh, getting to a heart render first, which is a whole other issue. Um, wow, I'm really going all over the place with the story. But anyway, they're. <laughs>
1: Well, the first time we actually see Pekka on screen is like, actually, we, we should back up. Um, because there's this job that they're vying for, and they kind of get word that the person giving the job out needs a heart render tonight. Yes. Which is a kind of Grisha.
0: Yes. Who manipulates the heart.
1: Yes. They rend hearts, as it were. They- Hi, it's. <laughs> um so there is a brothel in town that has a heart render on their staff and we first meet pekka when he shows up at this brothel to talk to the owner yes
0: yes and he threatens this poor man's life and steals his club essentially out from under him and um it all to get at this heart render who it turns out that Kaz and his team have already swooped out from under him. And they take him, they take the heart render, Molina, I believe was her name? Uh, Moana, I think. They take her to the merchant whose name escapes me. Dresen? Um, Dresen, there we go. And
1: thank you I wrote a lot of notes because I don't know how to I was very much going off how people were saying their names and there are so So, many characters introduced in this that I was like I I legitimately need a list of who is who in this episode
0: characters all over the place I was like well okay well um so they take them to uh, they take the heart runner to Dreesen and they essentially strike a deal with him um that they get first crack at the at the the job for the use of their heart render and then you discover that they have poor Mikhail I believe it yeah no it's Alexi Alexi okay they have one of Alina and Mal's friends uh, from their unit um uh strapped to a chair because he has miraculously been able to uh come through the fold on foot um and which is like not possible. Um and they want him to tell them um what happened to him there in the fold like what was used what what did was he used,
1: survive?
0: How <laughs> did he survive? And um
1: well I think they describe it as he witnessed some kind of event.
0: He witnessed an event yes, yes. that's exactly how they describe it. And so they use the heart render to get him to um describe that event
1: which is Alina doing her explodey thing. And he describes it as uh, being a Sun Summoner.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And then after he tells Dreesen and Kaz and Kaz's gang, uh, who the Sun Summoner is, uh, Dreesen sets him free.
0: By putting a bullet
1: into his skull. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, there was this really distressing um, sequence where he's begging to be set free, and Dresen promises that if he just, you know, tells him what, you know, tells him what he knows, then um, they'll set him free. And the whole time, I was just like, he means death. He he means he'll kill you. But uh, poor Alexei didn't get the memo.
1: No, he was just a simple cartographer. He did not. know. What was it's gonna happen
0: a, a simple boy,
1: it's just a boy <laughs> so that is yeah that's the summary of what happened in the first episode and now we can talk about each of these characters that we've <laughs> mentioned in passing and <laughs> uh, any kind of insights we have on them and what we expect will happen with them by the end of this first season
0: okay.
1: yeah so yes. starting with the uh, Ravka side uh and Alina who is a, who appears to be kind of the lead of the series yes at least on the Ravka side
0: and, and may or may be what is called a summoner sun summoner sun
1: summoner yes uh whatever that is um so we know that she is an orphan I wrote down that she definitely has some kind of feelings for Mel. um it seems like a relationship that she has always kind of had feelings for him, or at least has for a long time. But because they're such good friends, she doesn't want to screw that up. So she's just kind of like, I'm just going to not say anything about this and hold it in my chest until I die. Okay. Um, but it's interesting because in terms of predictions, I don't think they will end up together. Hmm. Like, I feel like I've kind of seen this in other fantasy type things, and particularly because it's a trilogy. Um, That definitely, like, the first season, I think she's still going to be kind of in love with him. But I could see she is like, now that she has exposed these powers that she has, or power, whatever it may be, um, she's about to go on a whole big journey, and that changes you as a person and i think a lot of times when you have someone that you've known for so long they get very attached to the idea of who you were before Mm -hmm. this huge change that they can't really see you for who you are and Mm -hmm. i can see that happening in this relationship Mm -hmm. and it being like there is probably potentially going to be some kind of love triangle angle here because it is ya um And that is extremely common in YA fiction. Mm -hmm. I had actually, (laughs) when I was watching the episode, I was like, well, they're kind of setting Alexi up to have a bit of a crush on her, but then he dies. So even if he did, I don't think anything's going to come of it at this point (laughs) since he's uh, he's a little dead.
0: Yeah, he's dead as a doornail. Um, And you know what? Based off of what we saw in the pilot, and based off of what I know, like what we know of this this genre and the typical formula, I would agree with everything you just said. Like, um, you know, so there's this special power that the main character has. She's about she's an or she's a literal orphan. She's about to start on the orphans journey. Um, <laughs> And with that comes, uh, you know, a lot of, of changes and a lot of um, a personal discovery. And the people that were in her life before that discovery are going to have to. Very often, they're used as, you know, like foils for. Oh, but now there's this friction between your present and your past, and so I would, I would, I would, I would guess the same. Great.
1: <laughs> This is so weird. I don't like getting to see your faces. I'm like, I'm going to make these, but I'm just going to look down while I make these predictions. I don't see how you're reacting to it. Um,
0: (laughs) Based off of what's there, that would be my prediction.
1: Okay. Yeah. And like, she is an interesting character. Like she's definitely dealing with like the racial discrimination aspects of it. She has her own cartographer Stuff which she really seems to care about, caring enough about it that she's doing map making in a moving cart. And she's a very, she's an extremely loyal friend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Considering she literally like broke into the general's tent and burned a bunch of maps, and then just to get onto the same mission as Mal, which is very, very ride or die, like quite literally ride yeah. or die. <laughs> yeah
0: she has shown that she's literally willing to die for him at this point yeah um the the level of their connection is more than just a fleeting crush I think that that action would tell me that no matter what happens whether they end up together or not um he's going to be a profound piece of her story
1: yeah like I don't to do kind of a spoiler alert for hunger games you've Mm -hmm. read and seen them right yeah yeah okay um like there's the gale character that ultimately ends up betraying katniss so they never really have a good relationship at the end of that series Mm -hmm. um i feel like if Mal survives the trilogy or the series as it were um i would hope that they are still close, even if they are not romantically paired. Mm -hmm. A lot of what happens, because they are childhood friends and they've known each other for so long, that she's about to go through a whole bunch of stuff. Like, I assume she's still alive. Um, But by the end of this season, they've definitely set up Alina to play a major role in the storyline with the fold Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I guess to make that sort of prediction we can get into that um I feel like the fold is gonna come down in the first season Mm. I don't you say that I well I'm just thinking about how these stories are structured and like I know that it's a trilogy but I don't know since it I think it was Lee Bardugo's first book um there's always the possibility that the second book will never happen. Mm. So to a degree, you want to have a somewhat complete story that can stand on its own, but also there's enough story to continue. Mm. Um, so I could see the fold coming down. If it doesn't, I mean, I can't, I can't quite tell if it's a end of the trilogy thing or if it's an end of the first book thing. I think end of first book because it, it still gives you a lot of opportunity for storytelling in the second and third books with just the, the aftermath of what happens when you've had this thing with all these monsters that has been separating your world for hundreds of years, longer. I'm not really sure how long. I know they mentioned at one point that they had tried something like a century ago when it hadn't worked. Hmm. Um, I don't remember what it was, but it implied that it's definitely been up for
0: uh, digging well
1: under. over a century.
0: Digging under is what they tried a century digging ago. Digging under,
1: yes. So that does a lot of stuff to this world. And I'm I'm fairly certain the fold doesn't exist in Six of Crows. I don't remember at this point, because I legitimately finished reading Six of Crows a year ago tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that was wow. when I read it. <laughs> so it's like weirdly good timing that I'm back in this world right now. But um, it, it does mean that a lot of the details are a little vague in my brain at this yeah. point, uh, especially as someone who reads like 70 books a year. I just like.
0: <laughs> right. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. And um, mm, I, um, yeah, this I'm interested just- for you to react to, because you <laughs> I know was, what happens. <laughs> I, what can I say? I, based off of what the pilot gave us, I'm interested to see more of, um, I'm, I think that they can do a lot more with, um, number one, the, the world itself. Like we still don't really have a real understanding of, um, the fold, like what the fold is, and how it came to be, and um, the different levels of hierarchy uh, within the citizens themselves. Like we have the first army, and then the second army, and then we have the Grisha, which seem to have a level of status, but they also are really kind of disliked by the s- first army, second army, first army. Um, I think it's first the first army. army. Yeah, primary. first
1: army is the human army.
0: Yeah. Um there's a definite like mistrust and a level of spite happening there. And part of that, you know, is just natural to like, oh, well, you know, the people who are, receive better treatment, I don't like them, but like... <laughs> um, they you receive know, better
1: treatment and they have special powers that they show off with.
0: Yeah, like there's that scene where Mal is introduced to when he's older, you know, going from the, you know, the, the, the vulnerable boy who's protected by, his girlfriend, his literal girlfriend to a fighter in a fight ring, um, who takes out his opponent only to have some arrogant Grisha dude come in and be like, I'll take you on with his like fancy wind powers. And, um, Mal can't even like touch him because, uh, the guy's status as a Grisha like protects him, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, does so the there's the air lot. that he controls around him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so there's a lot of exploration to be done within the world itself and within the different conflicts that are going on in the world that I can see um, covering an entire season Mm -hmm. without necessarily having to bring down the fold, but who knows?
1: No, that's a good point. Like it could be more of a season two type thing because I assume that since Alina is presumably alive um that she, like now that she has shown these powers um she's gonna probably have to go through a bunch of training and oh, yeah probably a bunch of failing at at training um since like her powers came at like a very specific moment in time with a lot of very specific very strong emotions mm-hmm. um so i could see her also struggling to like even bring it forth again. And if, if she is this Sun Summoner, it seems like it's an extremely rare thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wish I remembered Six of Crows better. Um, like I don't even remember them talking about Sun Summoners and that, but that's how rare it is, I would yeah. presume, um, that they wouldn't even necessarily know how to train her like mm-hmm. it's not like they just have an army of sun summoners right. on hand like it seems like there are certain types of grishas grishas that are much more common so they can learn from someone but it's kind of the like it's sort of the core well, problem we, that like she we only know.
0: yeah, yeah it, but there's only so much about you that we know because you're so rare you know so, so specialized
1: yeah that we don't really know how to help you learn how to use your powers and so she'd be kind of on her own but also very fish out of water because now instead of being just a regular human cartographer now she's this like super rare Grisha
0: yeah I think 100% we can expect the finding home um, storyline because that that is the orphan's journey you know Mm -hmm. like they don't feel they belong anywhere. And then they go through this whole journey of trying to find belonging, trying to figure out who they are and where they fit. And then they make some sort of, they make some sort of decision about that. And then, you know, that's sort of the end of their story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that plays really well And I mean, we've seen it time and time again. I mean, in the Harry Potters and the, you know, like there's always, I feel like, um, we're going to take you from your old world and put you in the new world, and introduce all these new characters and mentors and teachers, and offer up this idea of easy family. And then, when you suddenly realize that it's not that that easy, that's where the you know conflict comes in. I think mm-hmm. that plays very in very well with the orphan storyline. Yeah, um, you know, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> We're going to send you off to wizard school. You're a Grisha, you. Alina.
1: <laughs> 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 so then there's, there is kind of like her counterpoint in Mal, her childhood best friend. And he, I mean, he's definitely had his own journey along the way since when we see the like childhood flashbacks and even Alina kind of alludes to this when he first gets mentioned is that there is a much softer side of Mal, but it has, over the years, been toughened. Mm -hmm. And we can presume that there is still softness in him. Like, he does leave the food tent and goes and finds food for him and his friend to share. So there's definitely still something in there. I don't know how much other people besides Alina actually get to see it, Mm -hmm. Um, he's a lover not a fighter except that he's literally a fighter
0: yeah (laughs) literally yeah
1: literally a fighter um so yeah I mean he has all the kind of like normal trappings of the best friend sidekicky character that can also present some conflict because as Alina gets more comfortable or is getting more used to this this Grisha life and training, um, I can see him getting a little, I don't know if jealous is the right word, but left behind in a way, Mm -hmm. because it's always like, even though they've been separated and like he's a tracker and she's a cartographer, that there is potential for conflict there. Like he has his buddies, he has Dubrov and Mikhail, um, but I could see that happening and especially now that Alina is a Grisha like he seems kind of wary around them yeah a little afraid of them cuz he like he even has a line when he's telling Alina about getting propositioned by Zoya that he's like afraid of Grisha women yeah um what now his best friend is a Grisha woman so, so there's
0: probably going to deal with that
1: yeah so going to deal with that a little bit and we'll see if anything with soya gets explored more yeah
0: there's a definite class divide now as well which in and of itself makes for you know a romeo and juliet kind of situation but yeah uh, yeah
1: should be interesting i think that he'll survive this season at the very least i don't know if he'll survive the whole thing but season one I'm saying survives.
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. Almost um, uh, makes me so nervous. Do you think he'll, do you think he will always be human? Or unpowered? Or unspecial?
1: Hmm. I feel like you asking that question makes me question it.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I literally was uh, asking because the genre, i feel
1: like yeah i feel like it might be a little much to have both of them discover powers um i think if he wound up with some other kind of magicalness it could be something that's sort of like injected
0: into him
1: um which seems very weird but like if it were to happen i feel like it general kerrigan would have something to do with it because he's like they describe him as the black general and he's also a shadow whatever um, shadow, summoner. shadow grisha mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like between the shadow thing and the the sun summoner those are ones that i don't recall coming up in six of crows which a tells me very rare and B yeah. tells me probably very powerful in ways that other Grisha aren't necessarily.
0: Yeah, I mean um, like there's a hierarchy among the Grisha even. You
1: know. Yeah, um, so I could see something happening with that where he's potentially possessed in some way.
0: I don't know. Mm, yeah, I mean, it shit happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it does, it does happen. Um, so I, I, I don't know that for sure. Obviously, I don't know that for sure. But I could see that as some kind of possibility, especially since Kerrigan displays, I mean, he displays a lot of paranoia in this. We see him for, I don't know, a minute and a half of screen time in this episode. But I definitely get the sense from him that he does not value human lives. And to a degree, doesn't value lives Mm. he values his purpose yeah above all else which like as a general i get to a degree um but it's also like these are people and their lives matter yeah um, and you not treat them like they're expendable (laughs) (laughs) um but i i could see something like that potentially happening with him but I don't know that he's secretly a Grisha. That seems yeah. a little too convenient.
0: It seems like it would be too much with the both of them.
1: Yeah. Um, getting into his buddies, his war buddies, Dubrov and Mikhail. Um, I feel like I recognize the actor who plays Mikhail, but I forgot to look him up. I also didn't want to accidentally see how many episodes each person was in, so avoiding a lot of spoilers for the show um I haven't actually even watched the trailer for the show really yeah it's funny because this show I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. like I knew it was happening for a long time and then I remember seeing some stuff about casting and then I saw some stills and then all of a sudden it just dropped and I never saw the trailer in that time Mm -hmm. um But now, now that I've started watching it, uh, I have a banner ad at the top of my Tumblr that is a video of the trailer. So every time I go on, I'm just like, scroll past, scroll past, scroll past, because now I don't want to get spoiled (laughs) for what happens. (laughs) Um, But Dubrov and Mikhail, we, we don't know very much about them. It seems like Dubrov is a bit slower on the uptake than Mikhail is. They are definitely both kind of aware that Mal has a lot of feelings one way or the other about Alina just because he, t- he talks about her all the time. Um, I don't know how much I can talk about their character or, or predictions for them uh, beyond that I think one of them at the very least is going to get very seriously injured in this. Uh, just having read Six of Crows I feel like that's somewhat common. She tends even if she she does kill people, but she definitely also injures people. Um, so I could see that happening. But they're kind of like a fun, almost comic relief side of that section of the story. Yeah, so I could see that they would want to kind of keep that intact. To yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Know. Do you have any thoughts on Dubrov and Mikhail?
0: Um. I would say that, no, I would agree with that, you know, based on what's there. Like they offer a very fun, sort of lighthearted comic relief side to an otherwise very like serious and at times, you know, tense uh, story arc, which is something that they would want to keep around. That doesn't necessarily mean that both of them have to be around, but. No,
1: yeah.
0: And the very fact that they're so close with Mal um, puts them in that inner circle. Yeah. (laughs) So, if I were making this blind, I would say that they have the potential to be picked off at some point. But I have no reason to believe that it's anytime soon. You know, like I, I agree with your assessment.
1: Yeah. Well, and and I do think that they're they definitely have the potential to get picked off but since this is based on a trilogy, I would imagine that they wouldn't necessarily get picked off until the second or third books, which would be I presume the second and third seasons. Yeah. So I'm I'm I don't know this is what they're doing, but I presume that the first season is based on the first book and each
0: following season will be based yeah. on i presume the same i I have no reason why each book has a plethora there's no reason why they couldn't but yeah god why they make the decisions they do
1: (laughs) yeah uh so then there's zoya who is a squalor yes one of the grishas i don't remember is squalor is that the air thing
0: yeah
1: okay squall yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to put that in my hand. <laughs> um so she's the the Grisha girl that Mal meets when he goes and tries to steal food for him and Alina and she propositions Mal and then she later shows up on the ship that they're using to cross the fold. Yeah, and is also kind of seen towards the end like she sees Alina and and mal on the deck of the ship afterwards so we can presume that she's alive at this point yeah um but we also know very little about her i'm hoping that she won't just be used as like love interest fodder she very well could though and could very well die by the end of this first book yeah um, Or maybe she'll become like a really good friend and And not die. I don't know. There are yeah, so be, many characters that they introduce, and I'm like, I don't really want you to die, but I know that there are definitely probably going to be people that are going to die.
0: Poor Alexi proved that one to us. Yeah. Um, I was and not like, you know, whoa, <laughs> mm, he just died that way. But um, yeah, no, they definitely set up the potential for a love triangle between zoya now and elena
1: mm-hmm.
0: having her proposition him so early so there's that they've already kind of set up that tension there
1: yeah um and then there's risa who is another cartographer i'm pretty sure she's dead at this point i don't know for sure
0: um, yeah and was she the blonde yeah yeah she
1: was like a of, uh, vulcra okay i wasn't sure dead. there was a lot <laughs> happening in that scene so yeah. i wasn't sure who all on that ship was alive or dead obviously alexi is dead very um very dead at this point point. and then there's the general on the west ravka side whose name i can't pronounce uh Sladilov, sladislav i don't know yeah we don't really know much about him at all but the fact yeah. that they gave him a name mm-hmm. makes me think that Says he might have a bigger pickup, part in the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the future <laughs> um, but there isn't much to go off here. There's based on the comments that General Kerrigan makes about the West Ravkins he has a distrust so there's some kind of rivalry going on between these two generals that are presumably on the same side but they're on opposite sides of the fold
0: um which literally divides the whole country so yeah i i would presume that they're going to do more with that
1: yeah um and then there's general kerrigan the black general himself who we've also kind of talked about Um, I feel like between those two generals one of them is probably secretly a very bad guy and potentially the main villain in this season at least.
0: Um, General Kerrigan uh, is not introduced the same way as he is in the books and he's and by that I mean like um, his character in the book has a very voldemort esque sort of mystery about him and he's referred to by his power which is you know a shadow summoner and um they give him this title of you know the darkling which doesn't netto his like character value but it also like it's one of those things that as soon as they removed it and they started referring to him purely by the, the military title i was just like oh that's a uh, that was a choice
1: <laughs> yeah they they played it well enough since it, the black general thing only gets mentioned once and it only gets mentioned by humans who are already shown to be distrustful of Grisha and I think if they hadn't included some kind of reference to the fact that he is Grisha we wouldn't know that he's Grisha and that there is like this extra element of like, what is this guy up to? Yeah, um, and, but, and not necessarily from the story standpoint, just from like these specific characters, like Alina and Mal and Dubrov and Mikhail, like the four of them specifically, um, because he's not a human general. Mm-hmm. Um, so then going into the Ketterdam crew, uh, we've got Kaz Brecher. And uh, this is where things get a little bit more complicated because a lot of the Ketterdam characters are in Six of Crows, which I'm pretty sure takes place after the events of Shadow and Bone. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because there's, yeah, Crows I feel like there were things referenced of stuff that happened in the Shadow and Bone trilogy. Is it called the Shadow and Bone trilogy, or is it just called Grisha verse?
0: I think or... it's the Shadow and Bone tri- is because it is a trilogy. Yeah, if you're trying to separate the Grisha verse is like the whole, all the stories that she's written in that universe. Yeah,
1: um,
0: and then the Shadow and Bone trilogy and the Six mm. of Crows
1: duology. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, Kaz is uh, in Six of Crows. Mm-hmm. So I have met him before. It was really weird because I did not know that he specifically was in Shadow and Bone Uh, somehow. That I wasn't expecting him to show up. Like of all the casting things that I saw, I don't even know that I saw Kaz. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Well, I guess just saying that he's in Six of Crows, which takes place after this trilogy, tells us that he lives.
0: Yeah. Um, the, this is the hard part of, like, doing this kind of analysis, because, like, neither one of us have watched the show, but, like... We know certain things. We know things. and Because there's a source material that it's drawing from. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like... With other shows, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, like nobody's seen the show, but it is drawing from a source material and you can make certain leaps and judgments about that. So it's really hard to like, it's just hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I Kaz is a thief. He is uh, very controlling. He likes art. We have seen that he took this painting that is potentially worth a lot of money, but he's keeping it for himself instead of selling it which says something about him and what he values. He's um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he will do what he needs to do to get what he wants. Yes. This job that is worth a million, Kruger, Kruger, monies. Um, it means a lot to him. It seems like it means more than just the money. Uh, which we don't need to get into very much because that gets spoilery for other things.
0: Right, but we can infer, we can infer that it might, and that's where we leave it.
1: Yeah, um, Jasper works for Kaz, and he he's an interesting character because he's definitely on the more, like, wild side. Like, Kaz is definitely the one that's, like, in control he has the plans and jasper is more just like i'm here to have fun and i'm (laughs) here to shoot things yeah and and just be (laughs) jasper
0: very devil may care it's a very
1: very devil may care yes and then inej who also works for kaz and there's history there because she's like paying well kaz is paying off her indenture Uh, There's allusions to where she might have come from that is explained more in Six of Crows, so I won't go too deep into it. Um, But she's definitely like, she's religious, which seems to be put at odds with Kaz's belief system, and she's very sneaky, which is helpful in a lot of situations. Um, The three of them As a spoiler, they're they're going to survive this just because they're in Six of Crows. Yeah. Um I a was,
0: lot of what? I was gonna say, like as as this because we have a whole season of adventure ahead of us. Yes. But we come into it knowing that at least three of the characters are going to survive it. <laughs> um
1: at least four of the characters on the Ketterdam side are going yeah. to survive it. Because Pekka Rollins is also in Six of Crows,
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Um, But their story in the first season, like how we've left them at this point is in the first episode is actually uh, Dreesen has tasked Kaz with finding a way to prove that he can do a round trip into the fold by sunrise. I don't really know how you prove that to anyone without actually doing it but Kaz will find a way he always seems to find a way he's he is like he is kind of what I think of as a Slytherin not in like a nefarious type way but just like he always finds a way to survive
0: At he's least. the best qualities of a Slytherin you know yes. what I mean like
1: because he's very cunning
0: <laughs> yeah what makes you know like house there's no such thing as the evil house even though slytherins get a bad rap but uh these qualities do not necessarily make you a bad person it's what you do with those qualities Mm um i mean a life of thievery and and whatever (laughs) is (laughs) debatable but you know he he doesn't come off as a as a outright villain
1: yes um but it i mean i presume that what's going to happen is Kaz and his gang are going to end up getting this job from Dreesen and going on this journey to the fold to I'm guessing the thing that they are trying trying to retrieve from the fold is Alina. Um, Like that makes the most sense given the whole story with Alexi.
0: They thought that like they must have used some sort of weapon to, and then Alexi revealed that it was a person. So it makes sense. That they would then switch to like trying to retreat this person.
1: Yes. Um, So these stories are definitely going to clash at some point. It is still unclear why Dreesen would want a Sun Summoner. Um, Granted, we just found out that she is a Sun Summoner and we were given no real time to recover from that. Um, So yeah, I'm presuming that Kaz and his crew are going to leave with Dreesen and probably Pekka Rollins is going to be leading his own mission to get the Sun Summoner because uh, he clearly does not like Kaz, like clearly do not like each other that is set up in, in kind of like subtle ways, but it is definitive that there's a bit of a rivalry, which makes sense just from like Kaz runs a club, Pekka runs a club and, uh, I don't I don't know his name the guy who was running the club that had the heart render um there's definitely kind of like a gangster situation going on and Pekka and Kaz seem to have a rivalry going on um so it seems like Pekka is probably also going to set out on this journey or the other way that they could do it is if Kaz is unable to prove that he can go into the fold and out, that Drayson will work with Pekka and then Kaz will go anyway. Because mm. that's yeah. also very Kaz. <laughs> <Yeah>. um. <laughs> very
0: Han Solo esque character. Yeah. I mean, like he's.
1: And he wants his money. Uh, he's a
0: he's Nordwell, but he's, he's lovable
1: yeah it's anyway, a lovable. goal exactly what he wants to do <laughs> thief
0: yeah <laughs> i've got your money java i promise anyway <laughs> <laughs> what why do you think that they decided to make the them all old, older
1: i think it's casting honestly um like I'm just thinking in terms of how old these characters actually are, because I presume Alina and Mal are probably like 16, 17. Just I'm fairly certain in Six of Crows, Kaz is like 19-ish. Um
0: I, I thought he was 17.
1: Was he 17?
0: I thought he was 17.
1: Now, now I'm not sure. Um but that would put him at like, I don't know, 15 in this. I, I don't know the timeline for when like, how far after Six of Pro, how far after Shadow and Bone, Six of Crows takes place, because so I also, I don't know if Kaz is in the other Shadow and Bone books, even, yeah. uh, like, he might just be in the first season, I don't know,
0: because um, that's the thing, like, I mean, and for the audience, you may not know that these are based on young adult novels, yes. and young adult novels typically feature young adults yeah, um, and
1: well not even young adults because young adults are kind of in the like 18 to like 23 range but right. young adult fiction actually is generally in like 15 to like 19 ish yeah. like actual teens
0: yeah teenagers are heavily featured and um at first I thought they might try and do like a Hunger Games thing where you know they're supposed to be teenagers but they're cast by these people who are clearly in their mid 20s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I kind of got that vibe from Alina and Nell. You know, like
1: yes. They definitely <laughs> read as young. Yeah. Even if the the actors portraying them are not necessarily that age. Yeah. Um but yeah, Kaz's crew reads as like early 20s. Yeah. Which was an interesting decision. I guess I don't know it it might help with the audience's suspension of disbelief Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't have like a 15 year old running a gang (laughs)
0: yeah
1: yeah Um, because like it it is one of those things that like reading the books it makes total sense yeah Um, you know
0: it's a different world and you know like we get it he's a hard ass well and also like reading Six of Crows
1: you know more of Kaz's backstory and like how all of that happens, but in this, like you, you really have no context for
0: yeah. why
1: that happens, why a lot yeah. of things are happening with Gaz. Um, and it does
0: open the story up to, like there is something to be said for the fact that like ageism as it plays, but, like ageism is a thing. And mm-hmm. if you want to open it up to a wider audience, having a, a wider variety of ages,
1: Having a wider variety of ages, but also I think of actors and the different legal requirements for when they're under 18 Yeah, um, on a show that's this fantastical and probably has a tighter shooting schedule that working with child actors is just, it's more challenging in like every way that you can think of. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. I don't know all the rules for like how violent you can get with them because it's definitely a very violent show um
0: yeah no and that's exactly why i thought that they would do the whole they're teenagers but clearly played by you know
1: 25 adults. year olds
0: <laughs> yeah but to me, it seemed like they were supposed to read like they were adults
1: yeah at least kaz's crew
0: yeah
1: alina and mal feel more like they're supposed to read like they're like 16 17 yeah
0: even yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe even eighteen, nineteen. You know, up mm-hmm. for military service. That, yeah, no, that didn't raise my eyebrows as much as Kaz's crew. Like, oh.
1: <laughs> like you are adults. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was not what I was, not what I was expecting. Um, there is, I guess, even though I haven't seen the trailer. I do know just from internet discussions of casting that Ben Barnes is in this show and we have not met him yet. I do not know who he is playing. But <laughs> I'm excited and curious. Like I feel like he could have some sort of mentorship role potentially. I'm I hope not love interest role for Alina just because Ben Barnes is like 40. So- Um, And, like, she, if she's supposed to be a a teenager, that, like, oh, maybe not. We
0: can talk about that next episode.
1: Great. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Great. Uh, (laughs) So, I'm hoping not quite love interest for her. He could have love interest elsewhere just because Ben Barnes is very handsome and... I'm down with that. Um, I, so yeah, sure. I, I don't know who he is. I don't know who he's playing. I have no context for what his role is in this, except yeah. that I presume it will have something to do with Alina, because especially yeah. now we're, we're definitely going to be going more in with the Grishas.
0: And I feel like he I mean, could be
1: with them. Is it,
0: I mean, people often have watched a trailer or looked up a casting notice before a show. So I don't know if it's necessarily a spoiler to to say it because I, I know who he plays but like I will say this about Ben Barnes in terms of like fantasy genre can I feel like Ben Barnes became like the staple you can't have a fantasy show without Ben Barnes coming in and just being devilishly handsome and making you question all of your morals you know what I'm saying
1: like, making you question all of your morals
0: I literally cool. hit him with Susan so hard in um uh, the I think a lot of people
1: did <laughs> yeah I was never uh, a Narnia person which is weird considering how much I I actually enjoy like fantasy and sci-fi it would just never really hit me but I've seen yeah. plenty of like gifts and whatnot of of Ben Barnes's character uh yeah. and his face and it's a
0: nice face right I was like I ship this grown ass man with this teenage girl so hard <laughs> Although I think that he, when he was playing Caspian, he was supposed to be a teenager, but it, it yeah, it, it, that way,
1: or like a, at well, most, yeah. he seemed like very young adults, which yeah. is still like not great, right? But I feel like you can get away with more of like the 17, 18 year old with like a 21 year old, yeah, even though like in real world, it's like, ah, I don't know about
0: that was supposed to be like barely 16 though like yeah no in that movie she was um them but it was not kosher i retract my but i shipped it so hard that's what i mean by like you question all your morals (laughs) (laughs) look i had not quite been i was young
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's fine i'm just going to i'm going to hope that uh ben barnes's character is not some wildly inappropriate love interest for Alina Um, just because they do at least in this context seem like they have about a good 20 year age difference and she's young (laughs) like I mean you can get away with a 20 year age difference but I feel like when you're when you're in that range you definitely need to be later in life not so much in the early stages of figuring out who you are
0: Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. Yeah. You're so right. But <laughs> <laughs> I hear the silent, but no,
1: you hear nothing of the sort. Barnes. <laughs> mm. But Ben Barnes, <laughs> but ben Barnes. <laughs> what we wouldn't do for Ben Barnes. <laughs> we didn't really talk about what, what we expected would happen with Kaz's crew beyond joining this job.
0: Um, Having the foreknowledge of Six of Crows, removing my knowledge of what happens in this series and just looking at the pilot, um, I, I think that a big question I would be asking is how, how, <laughs> like how Indeed. do they correlate, you know what I mean? Like, because mm, yes. how did they get from where they are at the beginning of Six of Crows to where they are When we see them now, I'm just like, the how of it is a big question mark for me. I'm like, I have no idea what your role in this series will be. Um and that's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) Whether or not you're 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 playing more the role of the antagonist, because you're not you're not the in this one, you're not the you're not not I mean, the protagonist you're not the protagonist so are you taking on a more antagonist role and how will that affect the way that we view see the events of six of crows are we going to get a six of crows adaption can we um, yes. yeah so that would be um, something that I'm curious to see unfold yeah
1: because like I don't just like also trying to remove my knowledge of Six of Crows from this. Um, since the the thing that they're retrieving is a person mm-hmm. and not like an item. Right. Um, and
0: what is, what is, what is the merch, what is
1: What does the merchant want with this sun summary? Right. I feel like they're either going to not be successful in getting Alina or once they figure out what is going on with the merchant, they are going to sabotage those plans in some way. Because um, it does seem like even though Kaz is a criminal, he has a, di- a moral code?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Which is, is put in juxtaposition to Pekka yeah. Rollins.
0: It's the Han Solo effect. He's yeah. a criminal with a, with a code.
1: Mm-hmm got a code and he's got gloves and a cane
0: yeah which <laughs> <laughs> is you know I I love that aesthetic I love that for him
1: it's a great aesthetic choice it gives me a lot of Lucia's mouthboy vibes which I am down with yeah
0: um <laughs> is Kaz how you pictured him no yeah but
1: also partially because I pictured Kaz younger
0: <laughs> yeah yeah there is that part I would say that when I think about the young actors that I would choose to play him or the actors who would read younger, I was like, actually the aesthetic that they went for is right on target. But for some reason, for some reason
1: it's, it didn't. It feels weird.
0: It felt very weird.
1: Yeah. I don't even remember what his physical description is in six of crows but i feel like i always imagined him with dark hair
0: yeah
1: i couldn't tell you why
0: i seem to remember that they did describe i seem to remember them describing him as very like angular i mean he's he's growing up in this he's he's
1: very demetri-esque in a way
0: yeah yeah, very (laughs) very russian (laughs) So, and that's what I mean by like the aesthetic. I'm like, actually, no, like on paper, yeah. like you did. He's look- got the cheekbones. Yeah, he's got the cheekbones. He's got the severe face. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I think, yeah. And I think the age really did threw me, throw me for a loop.
1: Yeah, the age and and the hair, honestly. Like, I don't know why. Cause like he has lighter hair. Like, even though it's it, slicked it's back, soft. I can tell that it's lighter.
0: Yeah,
1: But like, I, I almost wonder if it would have been better if it had not if it had much dark hair i don't i don't know why i pictured him so much with dark hair but i did
0: maybe it's the whole crow's aesthetic maybe you know what i mean like and there's something to be said for how color their color theory i mean and how mm. that how we visualize and what we assume and dark broody i mean it goes together that his hair literally d- does make him softer yeah. And, which is why maybe that's why they did it but
1: to show that he's not as uh
0: yeah i mean he's a severe man but he's not a he's not a villain
1: he's not pecker rollins
0: yeah he's, he's yeah. literally not this crazy ass
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did actually one thing we didn't discuss is that final scene the reactions to alexi being mm. shot and like there was the heart render who i don't know how much of a role she is going to continue to play in this just based on you not remembering her name um <laughs> uh, context accidental spoilers <laughs> I was like, this is, um, but she seems like too soft for this journey but just like the reactions of his of I don't remember how Jasper reacted, but I know that Kaz didn't react. Mm-hmm. And I know that Inej did, which yeah. says a little bit about their characters and, and who they are, that Kaz has, he, he's the kind of person who has uh, trained himself to not show emotions. And Inej is still a little bit softer.
0: Still has this hope within her. I found it found it very interesting how they, um, how we first see her. You know, they give the obvious hints to her origins. You know, within the context of the story, um, obviously geography is different and everything has its has different names, but it's based very much on. Um, our world, you know, it's like an alternate world. It's mm-hmm. like, but that, I don't know, I don't know what we would call that particular kind of wrapping, but it's so symbolic of a certain region and a certain faith, um, it instantly put, for me anyway, it instantly put her character in um, into perspective. Like here's a, um, not soft character, but a, I don't know, a word other than soft, but like he just, she has this underlining complexity to the, the, the violence that she's surrounded by.
1: Mm-hmm, It'd be interesting to see what happens with them in this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it will be. I, I, I maintain that, he's crazy though. <laughs> 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 they had a really good job of just like, here's this guy. Mm -hmm. you don't want to know what he's about
1: (laughs) yeah we we don't have questions about that um (laughs) oh i guess one other prediction or question that i have is they they mention in the bar scene when they're first talking about the fold i think um the black heretic and they talk about how she was a shadow grisha who created the fold maybe Shadow Grisha. They, they, um, did they say she? They said she. Hmm. I'm pretty sure.
0: Um. What about the Black Heretic?
1: I am curious if now that I'm curious about that, um, if this person is actually still alive, and Mm. or potentially related in some fashion. To Alina. Yeah. Historically. Because um, you, you just like we're, we're getting this juxtaposition already of like her being a sun summoner and then there's like the shadow stuff and there's the obvious like light and dark. Yeah. Setup. Um, but the fact that they, they just they drop so many like little things and I'm like is that a gun? Is that a gun? Yeah. Is, that that is-, a gun?
0: No. is that a gun? <laughs> no. I'm like if I missed... I mean, it's very possible that they did. And if I missed that, like, that would be so interesting, which is why I was like, are you sure they said she?
1: I'm but, pretty uh, sure. Cause I also, I watched things with the captions on. Um, I'm fairly certain they said
0: she. Yeah. But more to your point. Um, yeah. No, like there's, you can't have, they've definitely set up, the, the the battle uh you know obviously the fold is the force of evil it's the it's the thing to be um defeated but sort of
1: I feel of. like the fold is more of a symptom
0: exactly which it's is not why like
1: the actual evil it's just right.
0: and that's exactly like that's exactly like my point like they at first you know the fold literally is described as having swallowed Alina's parents like at first mm-hmm is the only sort of villain the only presence of evil that we have and then we learn about you know the black heretic and suddenly there's a person attached to it and i'm just like i think that the wider story it would make sense that it can't just be it it has to move beyond the the symptom and to something wider and i think that that's where the black heretic would come in
1: yeah because there, there has to be something that is defeatable mm-hmm. beyond the monsters. Because yeah. it, like it's kind of even like Wizard of Oz ish. Yeah. That like these like winged creatures are like the flying monkeys. Yeah. Um, of the story, mm-hmm. but there's a person or something that can actually be done to close the fold yeah. dismantle uh, dissolve I don't know I don't know what the, the correct wording of it would be
0: yeah I get you it's it's the fact that the fold isn't an active antagonist like the fold exists and it hurts people and it, it causes problems but it's not expanding it's not it's not an active as long as you don't go in mm-hmm. <laughs> you no know, it you, you're fine basically so from a from from a storyteller's perspective like you need an active you need an active uh evil you need an active villain and the fold is not that so we're still what well, who is our active villain ben barnes <laughs> i don't know <laughs> be out here snatching younglings um, <laughs> oh I I really need to
1: watch the trailer now that we've actually I part of why I got to the point of being like I don't want to watch the trailer um because I hadn't seen the trailer before I watched the first episode and I was like I want to go in knowing as little as possible
0: yeah given
1: and wanted to continue knowing as little as possible for this discussion now I can watch the trailer and then I can watch the rest of the episodes
0: yeah yeah, and I was just thinking like, literally when I was trying to think about like, uh, should I talk about his character? Because I like, obviously like, I know who his character is because mm-hmm. of having it? seen the trailer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and but,
0: like, that? <laughs> literally what entices many people to watch a show. So like, it's the kind of information that they would have. So I'm like, ah, but anyway, we'll leave it. We'll, I'll let you be surprised.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: That's a wrap on this episode of What You Missed On. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. You can find the show on Twitter at WYMO Podcast. You can find Kim on Twitter at KJOUR and Kate on Instagram at Your Story Unstuck. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.